Welcome to the Happy Mouth Podcast, your delicious daily news fix for the hospitality community. We will be offering a craveable menu of headlines, food for thought, and much, much more. These are the bite-sized news stories you need to know, and they'll drop every morning, Monday through Friday. Hello, world, and welcome back to the Happy Mouth Podcast, the greatest podcast on the planet. Tis. It is. Tis. It's also, as you know, your delicious daily news fix for the hospitality community. I definitely knew that. And I'm joined in the studio. I'm restaurateur Philip Camino. Yeah, you are. Thank you. That's my name. But not the restaurateur part. That's okay. just what I do. It's <laughs> that restaurateur. You didn't come out of the womb like, I'm going to be a restaurateur. I didn't get that till later. <laughs> yeah, it's not on my birth certificate. <laughs> and what's your name? My name is Naisha Joyce Arrington, NJA, or Ninja. Some have called me the Ninja. Oh, I like that. On a, on a cooking show or two. Ah, oh, I put it all together now. Now that's why you've got Naisha Joyce as your Instagram handle. Yes. I like that. You went first name, middle name. I did. Okay. Yeah. What was the reason for that? Because Arrington is long and like yeah. Naisha Joyce, just like it could be like a sub brand or something. It's cool. Thanks. It could be like, yeah, like your cool like clothing brand. Totally. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. All right. Thank you guys. Again, we never say thank you enough. We should say thank you a lot more uh, for tuning in with us and spending some time with us each day. I know it's 15 minutes or so out of your day and it's definitely time and you do it. And we thank you for that. We love you for that. Yeah, and keep those DMs coming and, and Instagram comments. We love the social media interaction. Absolutely. We also love talking, apparently, about a new approach to meat alternatives because we've talked about this a few times on the pod. This will not be the first, but this is a pretty interesting meat alternative that not many people are talking about. But we are going to talk about it today. Yes, we are. Because on this happy Thursday, we are talking about this interesting new brand that's coming out. And then it has garnered some awesome investors like Bessos, Gates, Al Gore, and I'm really excited about the launch for this. They are a Chicago-based food tech startup that uses fungus in its meatless breakfast patties. So Bezos, Gates, Al Gore. So no one really is involved yeah, in this thing. Yeah, it's a small lineup of humans. Right, just the two wealthiest guys in the world. Well, aside from Elon, you got to put Elon in there, but they they transition out of that second and third spot quite often. Well, they actually, a few other notable investors are actually Richard Branson. Ah, may have heard of him. Heard of him. Michael other- Bloomberg. <laughs> The uh, USDA is obviously the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency is also getting involved, as well as NASA. They're showing great interest because uh, the company Nature Finds says that it can actually be made in space. Uh, that's amazing. I Honestly, before we came across the story, I didn't know much about this company. And before we get to Nature's Fine and the specificity around that particular company... Let's talk about plant-based food in general. Okay. It's no surprise that it's grown a lot in the last few years, but how popular is it, Aisha? How popular is it? Well, the sales of the plant-based food industry have increased by 43% in the last two years. In 2020, I know. In the year 2020, plant-based food sales surpassed $7 billion, which is up by... 27% 27% from 2019. So more options are available. I feel like before your options really were just like tofu and tempeh, maybe like some lentils and chickpeas Seriously? here and there. But there's just a lot more options. You know, it's a very robust market. There's some research that I uh, came across from the NPD group that accounts for a rise of 60 
shipments of alternative protein products via food service distributors and commercial restaurants in April of 2020. An interesting fact is fungi-based proteins are high in protein and fiber while also being low in saturated fat. So it seems a very like an attractive meal replacement. For sure. I mean, I think also for years and years eating only tofu and tempeh, as you said, I mean, you were ready for something new. Totally. Right. And you start bringing in impossible meats and beyond. And now nature's fine. And it's no surprise that people like Bezos, Gates and Gore are jumping on this trend. Quick note, they were founded in 2012 and they use fungus as the main ingredient in their alternative meat products. Wow. How fascinating is that? Very. Yeah. I'm so interested to see where this goes. So a few years ago, uh, co-founder Mark Kozabal discovered a microbe called Fusarium, which comes from a volcanic hot spring in Yellowstone National Park. Hmm. Yes. Uh, Mark and his team then fermented the microbe into what they called phi, which is an adaptable protein-rich ingredient. And this phi contains 20 amino acids, including the nine essential acids that the body needs that it cannot create itself. So those nine are found in this product. And like I said, these nine essential amino acids are the ones that have to come from a food source. Yeah, it was interesting the way that they stumbled upon uh, the Fusarium. They were actually looking on behalf of NASA, I believe at the time, they were, they uncovered it and figured out that it could be converted into a lipid, which then could be converted into biodiesel. And obviously NASA is like very interested in alternative fuel sources. And that was one of the reasons for the initial interest in this company is they had kind of uncovered a potential alternative fuel source. So Nature's Fine recently raised $158 million. Yeah, from all of those notable investors. Yes. With plans to have their breakfast patties and dairy-free cream cheese into grocery stores later this year. Yum. Yeah, dairy-free cream cheese sounds nice. I would dive into that. They also have other products in development, like burgers, chickenless nuggets, and also yogurt. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So with this infusion of cash, the company is also building a 35,000-square-foot factory in Chicago. Their factory will be located in Union Stockyards, which was the center of the meatpacking district in uh, the 1900s. And the company is based in Chicago, so I feel like it makes sense that they'll be based in a sort of historic area. Yep. Their research and development team is currently based in Bozeman, Montana. Between these five products, if you had to have one of them right now, if you had to have a breakfast patty, dairy-free cream cheese, a burger, a chickenless nugget, or a yogurt, what would you eat right now? Right now in this current time. This current moment. This current moment. I would eat the... Burger. Well, the thing is, (laughs) I'm like trying to find a way to eat eat the cream cheese because like that's interesting to me yes to have it that texture and flavor without the dairy is like super attractive to me so i'm trying to think literally where my mind was going is like how can i like make a mashup of all these ingredients (laughs) (laughs) like the what is it juicy lucy and you put the like cheese inside of it interesting play there (laughs) she's trying to dip her chickenless nugget into the cream cheese right it's not part of the game (laughs) um should we pay some bills here yeah let's do it Having trouble staffing up? You're not alone. Our industry is facing an unprecedented labor shortage, and tech will play a central role in solving this problem. Yelp Kiosk was built in 2018 for restaurants who couldn't afford to pay a dedicated host. In 2021, 
Yelp Kiosk is supporting restaurants that want to do more with less. By adding Kiosk, your host is no longer trapped behind the host stand, enabling them to assist in all front of house operations. Learn about how Kiosk can help your restaurant at restaurants.yelp.com slash kiosk. So nature is fine other than creating these very interesting combinations of food. <laughs> aren't the only ones using fungus as a meat alternative. There was a company called Corn, which was based out of the UK, who had been providing fungus-based products since 2002. They were acquired in 2015 by uh, Monde Nissen, a huge Filipino company mm-hmm. that actually just went public and made all the founders billionaires. When they acquired Corn for $830 million way back in 2015. No small bucks. No, those are big deals. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of money flowing. This, and this deal, this uh, Monday Nissan acquisition of corn, this was six years ago. So this is a, really ahead of the curve. So they saw something in this and said, we need to get into this game. And this is before really Impossible and Beyond were even known entities. Sure. Well, those big companies like Beyond and Impossible Meat have occupied the alternative meat space for years. Yes. So it was about time. Although the meat industry still dominates over plant-based counterparts, that may soon change. This last June, Beyond Meat was going for $6.40 a pound, comparable to meat prices. Yeah, if you like, dig in, if you compare that to a pound of beef, those were selling for five twenty-six at the same time. So a little bit more expensive. Impossible Foods recently cut retail prices by 20% as well to try and circumvent that dollar or so gap that was existing in the pound measurement. And now the plant-based options are becoming accessible to more people as the price becomes more comparable to beef. And I think it's smart. I think if you're going to be in the market as a beef or meat alternative, you almost need to be priced at the same level. I don't think you can be priced a dollar or two per pound higher and expect people just to make that conversion unless, or even give it a try, unless you have to eat that way with your vegan vegetarian or your you know, you're kind of forcing yourself not to eat beef. There's a reason to do that. And I think Impossible's kind of figured it out with the pricing cut. Not only are the prices of these products more appealing, but so is how they're made. Not using beef as the main ingredient in nature's fine does not participate in high emissions of greenhouse gases, as we talk about quite often. The um, percentage is 34% of greenhouse emissions are likely linked to climate change. And nature's fine, who is a representative of the food sustainability movement has a mission in reducing our global carbon footprint for the food system. What an honorable mission. I'm very behind that. I think a lot of these companies that are thinking about the planet first as a reason for founding, and as a reason for getting started, it's wonderful. And I'm very, very behind it for that reason. We've talked a lot about the kind of pros and cons of, of beef versus meat alternatives. We talked to Donaga, you know, about a month ago, and she had a lot of great insight into why or why not. And I think there's definitely arguments for both sides. And I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think eventually these products all live in the same ecosystem, but we're just farming more sustainably and we're doing things in a much smarter way. Yeah, we really don't have another option. We do not. We only have one planet. We got to take care of her. The company, Nature's Find, is also dedicated to finding a new protein system to be more efficient and greener within its own supply chain. Interesting. Have to do it. This mission uh, appeals more to younger consumers, we feel, like millennials and Gen Zs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Makes sense. Researchers from one poll shows that 63% of U.S.-based consumers between 
24 and 39 years old, believe that they can fully meet their nutritional requirements through a plant-based diet. Overall, the survey found that on average, more than half would actually switch to plant-based alternatives if it tasted the same, if the nutritional value was sort of similar and the cost was the same. So let's dive into that. What is the nutritional value of Nature's Find? The company has said that the protein contains all 20 amino acids as well as being high in fiber, vitamins, and minerals. In fact, Phi has 50% more protein than tofu and only 10% of the fat that ground beef has, which makes it a very attractive alternative. But I'm curious what it tastes like. Me too. Right? What does it taste like? Let's get it in here. Yeah, we should. Chris Rivest, who is a senior climate tech investor at Breakthrough Energy Ventures, said he was literally blown away by the taste test. And as well as Bill Gates, who is investing in, in the product, yes. also says it's delicious. Yes, you hope you hope he <laughs> says hopes that. he says yes. He's he's like the one that broke the story on 60 Minutes, you know, a little while ago. So I mean he's definitely behind it and I would think you're going to say it's delicious if you're pouring $158 million into a firm that you want to succeed. Yeah, really interesting, I think, on a lot of fronts. And I think one of the things that you and I have been talking about and kind of trading information on the last few weeks is the efficacy of meat alternatives, what they actually contain. There is some research that says the process that alternatives go through in the factory make them not as nutritionally dense as, say, grass-fed beef. And so that's certainly not proven. I don't want to say that we're coming out on this pod and saying the alternatives aren't as good as you know regular beef. We're not saying that. But there's definitely, if you look around, there's some research out there that certainly says it's not there yet. Sure. I mean, I think there's a nutritional value, you know, sort of that on-paper analytical data, but there's also just this intangible connection to the earth. And eating some substance of Mother Nature is kind of completing the circle. I mean, that's an anecdotal approach in a a statement, but everyone has a different set of self-systems. But I'm interested to see how that affects our connection to the planet, you know, and eating up off of our planet and just the conversation around that. Yeah, I I think that as time goes on, like any technology, like I look at this as technology and it gets better. Like we're very early days. Like if beef's been around for a thousand years or longer, which it has. Many, yes. I'm just talking more like the production and like the sort of commercial availability of it. Yeah. But if you start looking at how early we are in terms of this, I mean, the earliest companies, there was a patent actually filed back in 1899 by John Kellogg. It was a company called Prolos that he basically wrote a patent way back in the late 1800s around this idea. Nothing ever really came of it, but there's been people kind of experimenting with it for the last hundred years or so. What is it, Prolos? It was his idea of around what like a plant-based alternative was. You can like do some research and he literally filed a patent. Oh, his cereal brand. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Filed a patent. No, filed a patent back in 1899. It was just to do research around what what they thought could become a plant-based alternative. Mm, Interesting. Love to hear that. Yeah, it was very interesting to kind of hear the forethought that this idea has been around for a considerably long time. But even if you compare that, even if you're saying it's been, the idea has been around for 100 years plus, it still pales in comparison to how long we've been farming beef for. So that technology, I think, has a long way to go. Um, It's not perfect yet, certainly. And if you talk to anyone at Beyond or Impossible, I mean, they'll tell you the same thing, that it's still a work in progress and they're yeah, getting of better at it all the time. Totally. And it's going to keep getting better. Totally. I don't think it's there today, 
But I think that, again, the big thing to look at is kind of what we both said. It's like, is there a world where these get to the exact same place from a makeup standpoint, from a nutritional density standpoint? And I think that's got to be the goal. But then there's that X factor that you brought up of, okay, well, it's not from the earth. It's just interesting, yes, you know, and that's data that we're, it's, we're in the new stages of these alternative meat. I'm not against them. I'm not strictly only plant-based proteins. I'm I'm looking at all facets of this conversation. And I think um, in my brain, if we're of the planet, you know, it'd be interesting to eat things consistently that are not of the planet. I agree. I agree. It's going to be an interesting few years ahead. I mean, there's going to be 10 billion people on this planet in 2050. So we're looking at 2 billion more in the next, call it, you know, 28 years or so. That's a lot more people to feed. And and we said on the pod before, about 90% of those people eat meat. How sustainable is it to add a considerable, you're going to have to add another 20% of the current cattle to meet that demand if everyone Mm. eats at the same rate they're eating now. Is that sustainable? Is that sustainable for the amount of cattle that would be on the earth's crust that you'd have to farm? We know how much water it takes to create pound of beef. So certainly a lot of like interesting dilemmas to look at. It might, it might come down to a point where we just go, we can't produce that much. We have to have some alternatives in order to, you know, meet production demand. Amazing. Thank you for that. That was a really nice conversation. There's some like heavyweights involved in this company. And Big I time. think definitely a firm to watch. And just in general, we're going to keep a close eye on this. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of happenings that are going to occur in this space. Totally plant-based fungi. Burgers, hot dogs, all the delicious meat alternatives. No, I've had like the beef and I think I've had the hot dog for both um, Possible and Beyond. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly like if you're not thinking about it, if you're not like, oh, I'm I'm comping this right now and Mm -hmm. I'm really thinking about the taste differences, it's not really discernible. I agree. And also, I have to be honest, it's like, I feel like it's the technique, like with anything. Like oh, if that's you're, interesting. If you're cooking it to make it really delicious, like you're putting a nice, beautiful skirt, you know, like caramelized coloration on that burger patty, that's really where it's at. Like if you're just like searing it and it doesn't have like beautiful depth of color and you're not like putting love into it, like I think it's the same sort of approach. You can like totally make the meat alternatives taste delicious just by adding technique to them. Yeah, that's a great call. Not something I really thought about, but the way that we cook these and the way that you sort of approach it, maybe an alternative meat uh, down the road and the way you actually look at the kitchen aspect mm. of it. The thing we didn't talk about was like how these integrate into restaurants eventually. But I think that's a whole nother episode. Totally. That'll totally. be episode 162. I look forward to that. Another hundred. Let's go. And that's all for our Bite sized News segment today. You can find us at restaurants.yelp.com backslash happy mouth or happymouthpodcast.com as well as your favorite streaming app. Thank you so much for dining with us today and we look forward to seeing you next time. Have a nice day.